0: Hi guys, I'm Nancy, and I'm so excited to be here. I have a lot of reason to praise God today. If, uh, for those of you that don't know me, the, um, three years ago I found out I had breast cancer, and, um, ugh, it's going to make me cry thinking about it. And Friday I had my, um, they, when you when you have that, the kind of cancer that I had, it takes five years before they consider that you're in remission, so, you know, I keep doing checkups, and I asked everybody to pray for me, and I was so grateful for the outpouring of love and support and prayers because Friday I had to go in for um, my, my checkup. And uh, at this point, right now, they're only doing them once a year, and I'm good, so I, uh, yeah, I, I was just like, yeah, praise God, praise God. <laughs> I felt extremely thankful because as the time goes on, more of the burden is being lifted that God has brought me through. and um, It's really interesting in this series that I'm doing uh, right now called It's Better Together. I can testify at how much God worked in community and being a part of the family of God to be there for me during that time. I would say, and I know that this is true, um, that that experience of going through that would have been a very different experience if it wasn't for the fact that I had so many people around me to support me and to love me and to pray for me and to comfort me in difficult times and to understand that it was a hard thing to go through um, and not minimize it or dismiss it. And so, The point of this series is that God created us to do spirituality and to walk with God together, not alone. That we are, that God built us to need one another. And so today, my title is called One Anothering. And the reason being is that in the New Testament, the phrase one another shows up more than 50 times And it's something that really wasn't there in the Old Testament. And so the emphasis, when you think about, and I'm going to be reading all these different places that it says one another in the Bible, is that it gives us a picture of what community in the family of God can look like and should look like and why it's a huge blessing to our lives, why our lives are fuller, richer, more meaningful, how we can see God bigger, how we can have faith bigger, because we're in community together. So God meant us to be together. And, so, and we've been looking about what fellowship is. So I want to take you first to Hebrews chapter 10, if you have Bibles, or we're actually, if you want, if you've got a phone that has the version Bible app on there, uh, you can put it under, uh, there's a section if, on version. It says live, and you can go to live events and put in searchlight or searchlight fellowship, or it's better together. Any of those things will work, and you'll get all the scriptures for today. You can even take notes, you know, there by the verses if you'd like. And I'm going to be asking you some questions to sort of meditate on. So, uh, or if you're old school, in the programs we've got a pen and a little place to take notes and to um, fill out some of the things that we're going to be talking about. So first, let's go to Hebrews 10. In verse 24, and this is one of the, the many one another verses that we're going to be going, um, there's a, we're actually going to be doing this in sections each week um, because there's so many one another verses. In Hebrews 10 and verse 24 it says, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. So there's a few things in here. You see the word one another actually comes up a couple of times in this section. So it says that word to stir up is actually the word for um, to spur. It it means sharp, provoke, or irritation. (laughs) So we're supposed to irritate people into loving <laughs> and good works. So part of being together as far as what we can do for one another is and, and the um, NIV actually does a kind of cool job of, of translating it saying spur. You know what a sp- you, you've seen spurs on in cowboy movies, right? At the end of people's boots, the co- you know. And uh, but what they're for is that you kind of spur or pierce a little bit the horse and it goes. So that's kind of a great visual when you're thinking about the definition of this word is that what we can do for one another in fellowship is to spur each other on to love, which is a good thing. You know, think about that. Part of this is I was thinking about it. How can we do that? Because you think spur and love. How do those things go together? Um, so the love, if you think about it, is it always easy to love? Yeah, sometimes we could use a little encouragement or maybe some spurring to love one another when it's challenging in those times that are challenging. So one of the things that we can do is help people. I know for me, really helps my heart with my friends. If I'm upset or, you know, have like resentments about somebody that hurt me or what have you or is really like, ah, you know, um, you felt that way before, right, about somebody? It's, it's a heavy thing. It's not a fun feeling to live with inside. What I love is that I've got friends in the body of Christ that can help me to get my heart softened up to love. They can remind me of Christ's love for me. They can remind me of what I've been forgiven for. They can remind me that God provides for me. So that's how we can, you know, an example or about how that could look to spur one another to love. And to good works is, is actually the... Um, the word for that is actually the good part, believe it or not. I don't know why they translated it good because it's in all the versions as good because the definition is beautiful, excellent, praiseworthy, noble, morally good, and good coming from a purity of heart. So it's pretty powerful. It's, those are words much more powerful than good, right? So we're, we're, one of the things is to spur each other on to beautiful, excellent, praiseworthy, noble, Works, and works are anything we undertake to do. So it's that we're supposed to help one another to do excellent, praiseworthy, noble kind of things in, our, in the way that we, in our actions and in our behavior. Uh, so that's another thing. And then it says, um, which is kind of interesting too, it says, don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. The assembling together is actually, the word for that is for religious purposes. So it's saying, in the book of Acts, which is the first century church, it was the first time that people could become Christians. If you ever read the book of Acts, it's full of crazy miracles. People just saw, like it was a fairly common occurrence that people got healed from blindness, and this is after Jesus died and got up from the dead. So these are people that are trusting God, that are walking out in healing people. They even had so much faith that they prayed for people and they got up from the dead. Would you say it's a lot of faith? You know how they got so much faith, a big piece of it? It says that they fellowship daily. They did not forsake the assembling together, as some have. (laughs) That they understood that spirituality and our growth with God happens most powerfully in community. It's kind of like you know, sometimes um, I've heard the analogy, which I think is also a cool illustration. If you want to stay red hot, you know, you want to be, you know, where the fire is. If you, if you ever see embers that fall away from a fire and how quickly they cool out. That's kind of what happens when we're not fellowshipping, when we're not in community. You know, I don't know. It's kind of funny because we do these, we're kind of big on having retreats at this church. And, uh... Because we have a lot of our congregation that live really far away so um so it's always fun to get together we have them every two months we we do a weekend retreat and the weekend is the bible and fellowship and prayer together for hope friday through sunday and i mean to tell you i've been to a whole lot of these now and every single time at the end of the retreat people are like flying high spiritually they're like wow i hear god speak i feel god's love i feel full of faith I feel like a million bucks. I feel like I love my life and I love, you know. People leave like that. If you've been to one, you've seen this, right? Why do you think that is? It's the same concept that we stay hot and spiritually on fire together in community. That God designed us to understand, to build our faith, to walk with him, etc., in community together. So that's why it's better together. So, um, anyway, so you see it's kind of interesting because the book of Hebrews was written shortly after, you know, or in that time period of the book of Acts, and it says some people, it says, have forsaken the assembling together. It says, but it says to exhort one another, which is another one another, and the word exhort... Is kind of also similar. It's to urge, advise, admonish, caution earnestly, to give urgent advice, recommendations, or warnings. Synonym, synonyms are spur. So that's another one. We got a lot of this spurring kind of concept. Encourage, uh, press, etc. So you kind of see too that it says, but we are to do that for one another as so much more as you see the day approaching. The day approaching that they're talking about which is kind of funny, because it's 2,000 years ago. But they were talking about that the days approaching that Christ is coming back. Now, they were living in a way that they expected the return of Christ. That they weren't just going, "Oh, well, it's been 2,000. I mean, back then it was kind of new, too. So they were, they were just thinking he was just going to come back right away, and, or had that expectancy. But we also, no matter when it is, we want to live in the mindset that Christ could come back. He could come back tonight. Yeah, 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 let's have some of that. So we want to live with that kind of expectation of the Lord's return, that it's not just about, like, here and now in this moment in this life, to think of our lives bigger, to think of our lives in the context of God and all, all eternity. And so it's saying we don't want to forsake fellowship. We want to be together. one one another. So that's kind of our theme. You see why it's important or a little bit? We're going to be focusing on some of these other things as well. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 3. And we're going to kind of, I'm just going to hit a few of the items of what we're to do to one another or be to one another. Um, And then at the end, I'm actually going to read you all of the different uh, categories of that. Um, In 1 Peter 3 and verse 8, it says, Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tenderhearted, be courteous. So how can you be of one mind? That does, and a lot of times that kind of sounds unappealing. One mind, I don't want to think like everybody else. I want to be my own person. Well, God says we are individual and we are unique and we are one of a kind. He is not made, when it's talking about one mind, it's definitely not talking about being robots for the Lord. It is not that. But it's possible in terms of thinking together, and there's actually a number of verses in the Bible that talk about being like-minded, that when we agree, we're not going to agree on, you know, what we like for breakfast or what movies we like. But when we agree, and that's not the like-mindedness that it's talking about. Like, how boring would that be? I have to say Iron Man was pretty good, though. (laughs) Just saying, just saying. (laughs) Not to influence anybody, but but we can get like-minded on God's Word. That's a way that when we line our thinking up with what God says about life, then in that way we're going to be like-minded. Not so much on the other things. Um, and we don't need to. And then it says, so be of one mind. And then it says, having compassion for one another. I love the word compassion. It said one of my very favorite verses of scripture it talks about how Jesus had compassion on the multitudes. And so the definition, if you think about compassion, it says, it's a sympathetic consciousness of others' distress together with a desire to alleviate it. So it means that we're aware of what other people are going through, that this is, we want to be sensitive to that, and that we feel for them, and we want to help. That when we see people hurting, that we want to be there and say, how can I be there? That that's a part of, that we want to live with compassion for one another. Um, and then with this, gosh, there's all kinds of things. Also, to love as brothers. And we, it's funny because that other verse that we hit last week was also that um, the love was a brotherly love, which is, you know, like a feeling like we're a family, to relate that this is family. You know, when you're born again and have Holy Spirit, you're family forever. You know, it's forever. It's just sort of like that we're brothers and sisters in the Lord. It says, and then it says, be tender-hearted and be courteous one to another. And courteous is, the, is actually the word for kind. So we're to be. We want to get ourselves to the place. What would tender-hearted look like? To be tender-hearted towards one another. How often does in life we are taught to have guards, to have hard hearts, to not let people in. Walls that make you not close. Hey, keep my distance. You know, what God talks about is not keeping our distance from one another. That is not the will of God. It's not where healing happens. It's not where you see God work. Is with, with those walls. It's, and honestly, it's not a fun way to live. Yeah, that's why so many people are all lonely. You know, if you've ever, you know, been hurt by people, it's, you know, it's understandable. People hurt people. And then you say, I can't trust anybody. I can't let anybody in. But we want to be people that are trustworthy and that value one another's hearts in that way. That this, that the church is a place that's a safe community where you can let the guards down and people aren't going to attack you. They're not going to judge you. But that we can soften our hearts. You know what helps me to, again, it's just sort of like, one of the reasons we can be tenderhearted is because of Jesus. Like, that softens my heart right away when I think about, I don't deserve that kind of love, but he loved me. Helps me to get that if people hurt me, that I still have God and the Lord Jesus Christ to take care of me, to bring me through that. And life is full and rich when we let people into our heart when we let people care about us, when we let ourselves care about one another, when we let ourselves feel compassion for one another. It's pretty lonely the other way. Let's go to First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5. There's another one. In verse 11, and there's a couple of these, but it says, Therefore, comfort each other. And edify one another. See, we got comfort and edify, just as you're doing. (laughs) Um, So, the word comfort is actually another word for exhort, believe it or not. But, and the word edify is to build up. One of the reasons we need each other is for comfort. You know, think about what comfort looks like, and you know, and and times that you've really needed comfort. That's how we're to be for one another, as well as building one another up. Because how often does the world tear you down? Man, it's just like everywhere you go, people are critical, people attacking, blaming, guilt-tripping you, or what have you. We're to be in a place that we build one another up from whatever the world has taken out and beat you up, that we can be there in a way to restore that, if you think about building one another up. And it's also, comfort also appears in 1 Thessalonians 4.18. It says, this is actually talking about when people die. It says that we are to, that the, it's, it talks about that we don't experience death the same way as people that don't believe because we know that Christ is returning. So it says that that's something we can do to comfort one another with those words. Um... And this is just one of the examples of comfort. Obviously, there's a lot of them in, in the Bible about that. Um, let's go through uh, to Galatians 5 and verse 13. It says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. We have not been called to bondage, people. We have not been called to slavery. We have been called to freedom. Freedom. God has set us free. It is by grace you're saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. It is free. It says, now, only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, which you could do. Grace, the grace of God is so big. He did. He gave his son unconditionally. He paid the price. It is unconditional that you can use it however you want. you know, you can. I'm saved. I can do whatever I want. It says you could use it to say, well, I'm taking care of my salvation's paid for, bought with price. So I'm going to just live for my, my flesh is basically saying to live in a way that you're serving yourself. That it's self-centered, that it's about immediate gratification, just feel good in the moment. And usually an immediate gratification comes at the expense of others, typically, or at the expense of yourself. You know, if we live where we're all about just feeding our flesh and what you feel like it, it's gonna cost someplace. And you can. God's actually given you the freedom. He's gonna love you. You're still saved. It says, we are free. Why don't we choose that liberty, to serve one another, through love, serve one another, that with a heart of loving one another, that we choose to give and not take, that we're not about, get what I can, and, you know, got to look out for number one, you know what I mean, like, that that we're in a place that we say, I've been set free, I want to serve and give back, God has given me so much. I want to serve. God calls us to have a heart of serving that we live. That's where we're going to be the most blessed is by serving one another in love, with love, not out of burden. It says through love serve one another, not because of shame, not because of guilt, not because of condemnation, not because of obligation, not because you have to, but because of love. Because God loved me so much, I want to bless other people, and that's true. The day I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord, I had never experienced love like that in my entire life. And I, the Lord spoke and said that the reason why people had hurt me in, in my past was because they didn't know him and his love, and that woke my life up. I've never looked at life the same. When people hurt me, I'm just like, I get I just go, wow, they just don't know his love. And it made me just want to share it with everybody and do everything I could to have people just taste what it's like to know the Lord's love. Because there's nothing, nothing else like it. So that verse just, I love that verse. Let's go to Romans 15 in verse 7. It says, Therefore, receive one another, just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. That word receives means to grant access to another's heart. That we're to receive and let people have access to our heart and give our heart the way Christ received us. Again, see a theme here with tearing down walls and tearing down the guards and the protection and things like that, that we can because he so loved us. That he gave us enough love. You can't give it away and get empty. His love is so big, you can give it and you will not be empty. He will keep filling it up. The love of God is something as you, as you give it, it's like there's no bottom. We can love with God's love and not ever be empty. You ever felt empty? His love is that big that you can give it away and never be empty. How powerful is that? We want to receive one another. We want to relate. We want to open our hearts. I don't want my heart to ever have a wall about anybody. There's difference between boundaries. You know, we talk about boundaries a lot. Boundaries are putting limits on what you'll you know, allow, allow somebody. I always use the example because it makes sense to me. You know, if somebody wrecks your car drunk driving, you don't have, Love doesn't mean you have to give them the car keys to your new car. You can have your heart be in a place that you care and love with the love of God, but say, I'm not going to let you do that to me, though. You know, there's a difference. You could. St- you see the difference? You don't have to harden your heart for boundaries. We can still. Make room for love. Let's go to. um, Actually, you know what I'm going to do now. Before um, I just want to quickly run through before I summarize here. I I printed out. uh, Do we have them all? Did did we put those on the screen? Okay, I'm just going to read some of them. I'm not going to read the whole verse to you, but I'm going to like read. It's three pages of verses that say one another. (laughs) So we're gonna. I think they're on the U version. right listed underneath if you guys want to check them out but we're going to be kind of going through these verses as the series goes on but I'll just read you out some of the one another things we did the one about um, stir up love and good works exhorting one another exhort one another exhort one another exhort one another admonish one another admonish one another um, confess your faults one to another pray for one another speak truth for we're members of one another Um, teach and admonish one another. Love 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 one another. Uh, you think that's a little emphasis? God wants us to love one another. Yeah, oh, you've got that. Guess what next teaching is going to be? Week's teaching is going to be about love one another. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to look at real love, what it looks like to love. And we're going to be looking at, I would say it's kind of, isn't that cool that out of all the verses of one another or these over 50, the one that says love one another is so dominant and what a big deal love is, how powerful love is. I love that. Okay, cheesy, never mind. Pun very intended. Or I guess it's not really. Um, I'll read you a couple more, though. There's members of one another. Fellowship with one another. Fellowship with one another. Submit to one another. Submit to one another. Minister to one another, which minister means serve. And then the, uh, the one that we just did read, which is through love, serve one another. Have compassion for one another. Comfort each other. Edify one another. Comfort each other. Bear with one another. Forgive one another. Bear with one another. Be kind, tender-hearted, forgiving uh, to one another. Kindly affection to one another. Giving preference to one another. Receive one another, we just read. Be hospi- hospitable to one another. Uh, care for one another. Be like-minded one towards another. Be of the same mind one towards another. And here's the things not to be to one another. Because there's a few not, let's not do this, kind of one another's. (laughs) What not to do? It says in James 5, 9, it says, do not grumble mm, against one another, brethren. (laughs) Um, Which is, you know, kind of probably talking behind backs, complaining about one another. Let's not do that. James, um, because it says in the Bible, if you have a problem with somebody, go to them and talk to them about it. Let's not be grumbling to each other about each other. James 4.1. Don't speak evil of one another. It says, uh, let's not be conceited provoking one another or envying one another. Um, It says, don't bite and devour one another. Don't lie to one another. And Last but not least, oh, no, no, there's two more. Uh, Don't judge one another. And don't be puffed up against one another. (laughs) Like, it's like, you know, pride, ego, that kind of thing. So those are the things not to do. Um, So it's kind of cool. I mean, these verses, like I said, I wanted to kind of give you the overview. So if you've got the U version, you can kind of look at them. It's also exciting if you want to do this is... To look at those verses that you've gotten there and kind of read the context of them because the context of all of those verses will also give you a sense of what God designed fellowship to look like, that we are to be together spiritually so that we can grow, that they are places that we can help each other to grow with the Lord. We need to be together to hear the word of God, to pray together, to have faith together. Um, It's like a big deal. So I want you to, um, I'm going to ask you a couple questions. You can either write it in your, I mean, these are to take with you, not to give to me, but just for your personal reflection. Because it's important as we're hearing the Word of God to be thinking about where it lives for us and where the areas that we can let God in more in terms of our hearts. Because fellowship is a big deal. We need it desperately. So I want you to think a little bit. You know, are there, well, actually, I want to even throw in another question that I thought of, but I want you to think a little bit of where you could grow in fellowship right now. You know, to just think about that. You can write that down. You don't have to answer it right now, but just sort of in a contemplative kind of way to think about where can I grow as far as fellowship goes. And then the second one I want you to, that I want to ask you to think about, are there any things or f- any fears or things that hold me back from fellowship? We've kind of talked a lot about, you know, the, about our hearts and, and what it looks like and why we guard our hearts sometimes. If there's any fears that... Um, that hold us back from fellowshipping as much as we need for our spiritual nurture. Because we need fellowship. It's not really like you can have this like, awesome walk with God without one another. God just designed us that way. You know, it's so funny in this country in particular. I mean, we're not the only nation like this, but there's so much focus on being independent. Everybody's like, ah, be my own person, think for myself. I don't need anybody else, and needy is bad. And, you know, or But God, that's completely opposite God. I lived so much of my life as a younger person being so opposed to getting help from somebody, and I can't tell you how much it held me back from being all that God intended me that I could be. I've even noticed in my career some of the habits of just saying, I'm not going to get help do it alone. We're not built that way. God did not design us for a solo journey. Definitely not in our spiritual walk, but it applies everywhere. It applies at our jobs even. So, and then the third thing is, how can you stretch this week? You know, what, what are some steps you can take to stretch this week with fellowship? So I want to pray, because we want to pray together too, it's a part of fellowship. Let's pray. I want to have, I too, I know that we're kind of a baby church, but man, I just want this to be such a red hot fellowship, Uh, yeah, I, I want to be like Acts, we can't, it is possible, there is nothing not possible for us not to walk in that kind of faith where we, you know, I've seen miracles. I have seen instantaneous miracles many times in my life. And I know that you grow to have the fire of seeing that come to pass in fellowship. But we need to help one another to spur one another on in our faith that we can see that and expect it. A big reason why in the book of Acts that they had signs, miracles, and wonders is because they didn't jump out of the flame. They stayed in the fire where it was getting fed and fed and, you know, where the fuel kept going in. I mean, there's kind of all kinds of things you can think about with the fire analogy, you know. Anyway, amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I am grateful, I'm so grateful that you designed us to be a part of the body of Christ, that you, Lord Jesus, are the head of that you made us, like even the analogy you use of the body, that we need one another, that we, you made us to be dependent, and that's not a bad thing. We are individual. We are unique, but we really experience the greatness of our uniqueness and our gifts when we fellowship together. We experience you, God Almighty, more when we are together. Help us. Help us, Lord, to be passionate about fe- fellowship, to to know that we need to get fed. We need to get fed your word. We need to be with believers. We need to pray together. We need to worship together. We need to do life together around you. Help us, Lord. Help us. I I pray right now that in this week that you, if there are fears or places that we're just holding back, Lord, that you just help us to get over our fears, to let us know that you will keep us safe in this, that you can take care of us in this, that you are a big God, and that that's how we can open our hearts one to another in this. And um, anyway, thank you, God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.